Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Over 25 years ago, on September 29th, 1998, we watched a brainy girl with curly hair drop everything to follow a guy she only kind of knew all the way to college. And so began Felicity. My name is Juliette Littman, and I'm a Felicity superfan. Join me, Amanda Foreman, who you may know better as Megan, the roommate, and Greg Grunberg, who you may also know as Sean Blunberg, as the three of us revisit our favorite moments from the show and talk to the people who helped shape it. Listen to Dear Felicity, presented by Walmart on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Smuckers Uncrustables podcast with your host, Uncrustables. Okay, today's guest is rough around the edges. Please welcome Crust. Thanks for having me. Today's topic, he's round with soft pillowy bread. Hey. Filled with delicious PB&J. Are you talking about yourself? And you can take him anywhere. Why'd you invite And we are out of time. Are you really cutting me off? Uncrustables are the best part of the sandwich. Sorry, Crust. Are the Minnesota Vikings in trouble? It's easy to think that way because the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions won their wildcard games this past Sunday. And the Packers did it pretty convincingly, being the young one of the youngest playoff teams of all time. So should the Vikings be concerned? How do things look with their, their competitive rebuild? We're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about the reasons why you should and why you shouldn't be worried. Because in reality, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not a major concern. But we shouldn't feel super comfortable either. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Hosted by Tyler Bornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter. Host of the good, the bad, and the hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis, with me as always in the top right corner. He is producer Dave. Dave, how are you? Staying warm today. Staying warm. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. here in Texas. Yeah, I've got a buddy who lives in Fort Worth who was saying that it, he just bought a house this summer and he was talking about how he's worried about his pipes bursting. And I'm like, man, you don't really hear about that here because everybody's pipes are so insulated, but it's, it's just a different are insulated. And yeah, no, the apartment complex here was all warning of it. Keep your cabinets open, all that, because they're wor- worried about the same thing. 
Yeah, it, you would think that uh, even nowadays, just put a little bit of insulation on your pipes because you don't need a lot. Just keep it insulated to like zero degrees Fahrenheit. Like th- that's not a ton of insulation, but it's enough. And cool. there are going to be there are going to be times where you just get those weird days, and instead of freaking out about it, hey, let's just do the bare minimum. But we all know that's not how construction of houses and stuff works. No, and last year they learned uh, to put styrofoam covers over the water spigots on the apartments outdoors because in the previous year on that cold snap, that's where they had the problem with the pipes is those water spigots would freeze and that, you know, go up the wall and stuff. But they figured it out. They, we've had no issue so far. Now, our coldest morning is yet to come. That's tomorrow morning. We have How cold wind, chill, wind chills down near zero. Ooh. Dave, welcome to Minnesota. Camps around like 15. Hey, I spent time in North Dakota, 14 years, over 14 years in North Dakota. I know cold. So, Oh, I, I spent almost seven years in North Dakota. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. There's one hill in Fargo. One. <laughs> it's, it's not even really a hill. It's a valley when you're driving between um, that university and I think 19th. Like mm-hmm. it's... Sorry, not University of Maine. Uh, if you know Fargo, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That little dip. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. Um, but we're not here to talk about uh, University of Maine and Fargo. We're here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And look, I got real annoyed last night. And we had a, our beat writers start talking all, all this negative stuff about the Vikings and positive about the Packers and Lions. And it's like, look, I understand. But at the same time, come on. Let's not sensationalize. Let's have a real conversation about it. So I, I kind of countered that. I'm like, look, it's easy to be frustrated, but the Vikings are still in a decent place. They have a lot of issues that they need to address. And we've talked about that. We've talked about the quarterback position. We've talked about the defensive line. We've talked about edge. We've talked about the cornerback position. We've talked about all kinds of different things. But the reality is this. They have two star wide receivers. They have a star tight end and they have two star tackles. That's a hell of a base to start building upon. Now you bring back to Neil Hunter, you have a star edge rusher and you have good players at the cornerback position. None of them are great, but here's the thing about corner. You don't ever hold on. I dropped. You dropped, dropped my notes. No, I dropped my wedding ring. I like I, I I'm an ADD kid, so I like to fidget with it. I, I think it annoys my wife, but I also didn't want Odie to grab it and swallow it because he would do just that. And then <laughs> I was like, hey, I gotta go to the emergency vet and spend five hundred dollars again. Anybody who has an animal, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it like there are issues on this team. And it's blatant that there are issues on this team. But the one thing that we are continuously forgetting to talk about. The Vikings have two great schemers, Kevin O'Connell and Brian Flores. The Vikings had the 13th ranked defense in the national football league. If you're looking at points, 18th and that point number could have been significantly better. If the injuries hadn't crippled them towards the end of the season, because you know what? Like, I think like 40% of their points allowed were scored in the final four weeks. Like they were just allowing all kinds of points at the end. Like you can't be doing that. And 
there, there are reasons for everything. And let's, let's just be honest here as well, Dave. It's not as simple as it's only injuries or it's only this, only that. It's a chain reaction. The Vikings defense got exposed, but now you have a whole offseason to self-scout and be like, okay, they're taking advantage of this when we're doing this. So how can we fix that? How can we adjust moving forward? And I think they're going to have answers for it. And one of the reasons why they were playing some of this coverage is because they didn't have the guys to play what I think Brian Flores really wanted. And he wants to play aggressive. He wants to play man coverage with those zero blitzes. But he didn't feel like he could with the personnel that he was using consistently. And you adjust to the talent that you have. And the Vikings need to upgrade that talent. So I think that they're going to be able to do some of those things. I think they're going to be able to upgrade talent at multiple positions and get themselves in a better situation moving forward. Now, it's all, these are all question marks. But we really can't be talking with any form of certainty. And why I think being positive is a good thing, I also think being negative is not. Like you have to understand that it's so, the real answer is somewhere in the middle. And I just wish, Dave, that we were getting more of that across the board from some of these individuals who are just talking like in a negative sense. Oh, the Vikings have like only $21 million in cap space, only two top 100 draft picks. So you can manufacture stuff. You can, the Vikings will end up having about $50 million in my opinion in uh, what's the word that they use. Um, Not constructive, uh, but it starts with a C cap space because uh, they, you essentially take out what your projected draft picks are, and and like the top 51, because right now it's not the the number that you see is not going to be 100% because you got to factor in the top 51 and all those all those fun things. What I believe here, Dave, is the Vikings have a chance to make a real impact and they can do so with just a couple moves. Like, let's let's kind of go down this path. If the Vikings ended up bringing in. Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, Miami, a superstar defensive tackles. That's a massive game changer. So all of a sudden you have Harrison Smith, who's a good defensive tackle. You bring in a star defensive tackle on Christian Wilkins. Effective. Thank you, Justin. Effective cap space. That's the word I was looking for. Like, then all of a sudden your defensive line feels a lot different because you have a star, a really good player. Now you just need a serviceable guy. And maybe that's Jonathan Bullard. Bullard is a serviceable defensive lineman. Dean Lowry, serviceable defensive lineman. You can't expect to have stars at every position. You just can't. I wouldn't call Dean Lowry serviceable. He did nothing mean? except take up space. That's in this defense. That's that's okay. Yeah, like, but you just, want more from that defense. You want some pass yeah, rush. Yeah. Dave, you're you're missing my point. You can't expect to have stars at every spot. You can't expect all these guys to be good. And so, at a certain point, we, you just have to accept Dean Lowry with Christian Wilkins and Harrison Smith is fine. And that, that's kind of the point I'm making. And then you bring back to Neil Hunter. Well, then what are you going to do with those other edge spots? You're probably going to draft at least one, probably two. I would like to bring back Marcus Davenport at a less expensive contract. Make him sign a real prove-it deal. One year, two million. You gave him the big money. He didn't produce anything for you. Nobody's going to give him that big money, prove it deal. 
So make him sign a little one and you'll end up saving cap space because of it, because of that uh, prorated uh, money that you have down the line. I think it's about $6.5 million. There are ways to grow this team and improve this team without having to truly worry about a lot of these things that are just being extrapolated. Like, Oh, the Packers have, have this great quarterback. Well, we think he could be great. But now you have to be consistent. And now you have to do it year in and year out. The thing with this Packers team that nobody really wants to talk about is they're volatile. The the Packers just put up 48 on the Cowboys. Great performance across the board. They're also one of the youngest teams to ever make the playoffs. They could lose 41-0 next week, and it wouldn't be too big of a surprise because young teams are really volatile. And we don't truly know how they're going to pan out. Look, they could win two Super Bowls in the next five years. They could fail to miss the playoffs three of the next five. We just don't know. There's not enough information yet to truly understand what this is going to be. And uh, Patrick, I want to address that. Throw that back up for me, please. Um, Patrick says you need it more than serviceable. I think the answer is yes, but I also think it's no. And I think it depends on what you're looking at. Because this is a salary cap league. Like if you're talking like the Alabama Crimson Tide, they can recruit anybody they want. And they do. And they get stars at almost every position. But in this league, you can't do that. You can't have stars at every position because salary cap is constricted. So you have to be willing to play rookies, young guys, guys on inexpensive contracts, or in this case, serviceable. If you have two really good defensive linemen on a three-man front, not including your edge rushers, it's okay to have Dean Lowry as your third guy. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And that's where serviceable comes into play. Just be good enough. And you have to be willing to make some of those adjustments. You have to be willing to make some of those concessions because it's a salary cap league. Don't, don't ruin this. I have, I'm, I'm behind on the game. I do not want to hear chatter. <laughs> they already ruined uh, the Steelers touchdown for me earlier. I would like to be unspoiled as I have the game on right up here. All right. And I almost announced what the Bills just did. Anyways, no, but I'll count serviceable as an average player. Yeah, that, that's that's all I'm saying. I don't know if Dean Lowry was average. He was fine. I mean, I, I, I thought there were uh, plays where he just absolutely stunk, but I... He wasn't offensive. And I, I think you might be able to do better on that serviceable level than Dean Lowry. And like, I, I'll concede that. But the, the general core construct here is serviceable. Get good enough. Just have average. And that's what I talked about at guard for years. Average guards. Just be average. That's all mm-hmm. we're asking. Average. And you know what? Delton makes a good point. Successful three fours. They have monster nose tackles. And you know what? I'd love to have a monster nose tackle. Devondre Sweat, uh, he's on the all four no team. Love Devondre Sweat. And I think adding a guy like that could be a massive, massive, massive benefit. And Delton mentions Ted Washington. Washington was great. One one thing I find really interesting. And let's look back at the history of the Vikings. The I'd say like the last 30 years, some of the Vikings biggest free agent signings, Dave, they've been defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. 
the undrafted signing of John Randall aside, you have Pat Williams, Linval Joseph, Jerry Ball, Tom Johnson. Like the Vikings have done a really good job of bringing in defensive linemen to play for this football team. And I think that could be a constant for this team here moving forward. Just, uh, you know what? You can't address everything. That was under previous administrations. We have yet to see Kwesi do that. Nor do I think Kwesi has had the opportunity to do that. He's been shopping at the in the dollar bin most of the time now that we have some a little bit of cap space he may we may see that but yes i very much like take the long-term development guys which is your linemen generally and a few other positions and get them off that first contract tj hawkinson is the perfect example we got him at the end of his first contract, and he's outstanding until a certain Detroit defensive back takes out his knee. Um, there's if if they could do that, if Quasi can demonstrate finding those guys, I'm all for it. I'm cool. You know, you talked about the uh, what is it Wilkins from Miami, the edge rusher. That if he could pull guys like that and then find some young stud, Harrison Phillips is a prime example. He mm-hmm. came off his first contract out of, out of Buffalo. We signed him. He, Harrison Phillips, I consider serviceable. Yeah. Find more I, guys I, like that. I would put him a level above serviceable, um, but I, I also understand kind of where you're going with that. I, I, I think. Smith is a very good player. I don't think he's this massive game changer. I think the Vikings had to play him out of position for multiple reasons because they don't have a true nose tackle. And I talked about that going into the year. Like I I was hoping Kyrus Tonga uh, was going to be that nose tackle because he had the size and he had the ability to two gap. And then you'd be able to have Harrison Smith be more of a, a five technique or a three technique and on passing downs, you can move him into that zero and one because it's just a different style of front. You, you're not asking him to really defend the run. You're asking him to be a pass rusher. That's where Dalvin Tomlinson was at his best at that zero one tech spot on pass rushing downs, but they wanted him as more of a three technique uh, on, on rushing downs because he was like three ten. He wasn't this super big beefy guy. And, I'm very intrigued to kind of see how they will dress this defensive line because I think if you fix the defensive line, you bring back Hunter, that gives you a massive baseline for success on defense because if you're able to man the front and you're able to get pressure on the quarterback organically without having to force it with these blitz packages and you're able to hold position, that's going to make a massive, massive difference. And I think that should be the focus. And that's one of the reasons why I think you can fix some of this defense just by improving the front. The Vikings had the 13th ranked defense. But by the way, people talk, you wouldn't think that. Like the defense got put in some really poor situations throughout, especially the course of the first half of the year with all the turnovers. And they were able to overcome some of that. But Improving the front, I think, is going to be really, really key to making this this team significantly better. And it's one of the reasons why I think we're, they're not exactly the farthest off 
from all these other teams because a few changes can impact this team tenfold. And I'm very intrigued to kind of see how that manifests. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it, it's it's almost never as simple as, hey, these guys are just bad or this team is significantly better. Like there's always context to it. And we're going to find out over the course of the next few months if some of this is going to come into fruition, Dave. We gen- genuinely just don't know. Um, but I, I want to address a couple things in the comments as we continue to grow, grow on with this conversation. Um, generic name. I, I like that. That, that. That's a good one. But we have people that, that are getting really creative with their, their names in these comments, Dave. Um, my worthless opinion, generic name. We got some good ones in here. How much posted floors have in the draft? I think this is a really interesting one because we saw how much pull Ed Donatel had with the 2022 draft. The players that were drafted were specifically drafted for his scheme. And I think Brian Flores is going to want some archetypes, but I don't think he's going to look at it and be like, I have to have this type of player because look at uh, the defenses that he's run in the past. They're able to do more with different types of players than other schemes because he created this scheme. He created a scheme. I, I say it weird. I'm just not going to change. I am who I am. Um, they, they created this out of thin air. Like they're borrowing stuff from uh pit, what they ran in 2020, 2021. You can ask Pat Jones about it because he ran a lot of the stuff in college. Uh, they're doing stuff you don't ever see in the NFL. Why were they doing it? Because of the personnel they had. And that's why I think Brian Flores is going to look more so at talent than he is going to be at. I want this Darren Doogie Wolfson of score North said that the Vikings really weren't interested in Kyle Hamilton. Why? My guess is he didn't fit what Ed Donatel wanted to do. And he was more of like a, a hybrid kind of safety linebacker. Like I thought Hamilton was excellent. He was, a, I think a top six player in the, that class for me. But it's also not as simple as, oh, hey, he doesn't fit. Flores will make them fit. They will find roles for these players. Where Ed Donatel, we saw how stingy he ran his defenses. That's not the case. And I think that's going to be an important distinction to understand here. They're going to want some types of players. But I don't think it's going to be if they don't fit. And they're really, really talented. They're off the board. I think they're going to find a way with some of these guys. If they're, if they're that good, let's bring them in. And to me, that's going to be the difference between what the Vikings were doing with the first year of Quasi Dolfo Mensa, what they're going to be doing here moving forward, because we've already seen how the returns on the 2023 draft have been better than the 2022 class. And to me, that's very important. And it's an important distinction to understand. Brian Flores is going to be a massive benefit for how this draft is working out because of how he views personnel. They'll just, you'll bring in a guy like Ivan Pace because, hey, I know I can use that football player. Where other teams that looked at the size and some of the potential limitations, like, now we're good. But they didn't see the vision of how you can use him. Flores did, and it worked out great. So, that those are the kind of things that I think are going to be really important. And I really appreciate the, the question about him having pull in the draft. 
the thing about collaboration with this franchise, and it sounds like super cliche. It sounds like a, like you're just kind of saying things to say things, but it's not like if your coaches believe in this player and you listen to them and you'd be like, Hey, X, Y, and Z. And you're like, okay, those points all match up. And I understand why then you go with it. The whole job of a general manager isn't to be a scout. Scouts have made tremendous general managers. The whole point of a general manager is to make decisions with the best information possible. You get the best information possible from your people. And yes, you contribute your own information, but a good manager delegates and makes decisions based off of that. And the, the way Quasi said it just, I think just got people up in arms for the wrong reasons. That's, that's just being a good leader, being a good boss and doing your job the right way. So I think having that kind of collaboration is going to be objectively good moving forward. Now, Quasi still has to make the right decisions, but listening to people and talk about these things and have these conversations and make decisions as a group where even though we know Quasi is the guy making the final decision, I think those are all objectively good things. And I think those things will give you hope you're moving forward. G-Mac, you talk about uh, afraid to rebuild. Look at how many players are still on the team that were under Spielman. That were drafted by Spielman. There's not many. Not many at all. Um, it's it's going to be interesting how much Donna Shell influenced that draft and how that may have screwed that up with a rookie GM who may have taken too much advice from him and where you had Kevin O'Connell learning now two years under his belt. Quasi now has two years under his belt. You have a defensive coordinator that looks to be here next year that did some outstanding things. So his word's going to mean a little bit more than just his reputation of he knows the Fangio defense that Donashell had. So I think the picks are going to get better. They got better last year. We'll see on that first year. The first year, so far, the only one that's turned out where they're darn out of the first year is Ed Ingram, unless I'm missing anybody. And I think Ed made a huge jump to a average tackle or average guard, and he should make another move up this next year. That's mm-hmm. the way offensive linemen do. I think that's fine. The rest of the class, <laughs> well, chalk it up. Now, but they do have to hit – now, my, my question to you was, are we behind right now what Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago are at? Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. 
Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Fidelity. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commissioned U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSC, SIPC. Because Chicago, people could say, well, no, they, they, ah, no, they won five out of the last six games. We did not. Now, granted, you can use the excuse of, well, everybody was hurt and everybody was hurt. But are we behind those guys as we sit or are we equal to them just that we had penalties? I mean, how does it look? Moving forward, we don't have that many people on long-term contracts. So, to me, I'm seeing it as we sit relatively behind, but with the right moves, we can stay competitive. I do believe the NFC North will be one of the better conferences now. I think they've built up, be it Detroit, be it Chicago on its way. Green Bay, I mean, we all hate it. It looks like they found that third QB in a row. But Green Bay has some cap issues, and they have a bunch of players that are in the same situation as ours where they're on void years. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Um, But are we behind the rest of the division right now? That's the question. I think that's a very complicated answer. And before I get to that, I want to let all of our friends know about the sponsor of the show, our friends at Underdog Rescue Minnesota. They do everything that they can to save as many dogs as they can, get them from disadvantageous situations, puppy mills, overcrowded shelters, and even uh, home life that's just not ideal. And they put them in foster homes and try to find them forever homes. And they have an an adoption event at um, I think uh, at a brewery in Minneapolis this weekend. And I'm going to find out where that is because I think it's a a really good spot. Um, Biscuits and brews. What they call it. And I'll, I'll I'll get the, um, it's at unleashed hounds and hops downtown Minneapolis on Lindale. So high recommend Go to that. They've got some beautiful doggos. I'm going to try and convince the wife to go. Probably won't work. We'll <laughs> uh, and if you just want to help out and help save a furry friend like our sweetie Claire was saved, uh, underdogrescuemn.com, donations of all types. So, Dave, let's let's have that conversation about 
where the Vikings are at compared to the other teams in the division. And I think that's a very complicated answer. I don't think it's as simple as a yes or no. I don't think it's as simple as, well, they're better than this team and worse off than that team. I think the Vikings have set themselves up to take advantage of uh, having really good players and taking advantage of signing them to long-term contracts and also having the flexibility to be able to attack in free agency. They're a big question mark. And I think it's why you're seeing so many wide varieties of opinions on this team. And the Packers have a ton of young players. They kind of had to. They're dealing with losing the Rodgers contract. They're dealing with uh, uh, an aging group of vets, guys like David Bakhtiari, who basically has to stay next year because they've pushed so much of his money out that it would just cripple their salary cap to take that dead money hit. Now they have to pay Jordan Love. But all their pass catchers outside of Josiah Degara, first and second year guys. So there's hope that they could potentially be something here down the line. But at the end of the day, I I just, I genuinely don't know what the Packers will be, but it's hard to say that they won't be good because of their history and how they built their teams before they know how to build teams and they're good at it. And this system and style have, (laughs) I hear Odie. Yep. Um, Odie wants to go out, but uh, the wife is not home. So Odie has to stay in here with me. Um, they, he'll be fine. He's he's just a little whiny, but Odie, you're good, buddy. You're a good boy. Yeah, we're, we'll go snuggle on the couch in a little bit. Um, so it it's, it's really hard to say anything negative about the Packers because their approach has been proven constantly to work. Uh, the Lions have done a great job. But what happens now when they have to start re-signing some of these guys? Are they going to be able to have the same type of depth? Because some of the depth benefits that they've had have come from the trading Matthew Stafford. And now they're going to have to worry about re-signing Jared Goff, which is that a good idea? And the Bears, well... Goff is the Bears, under contract for 2024. Yeah, but they're, they it, the last year of the contract, you're worried about re-signing. Like it, that's going to be a question. And, and if you're going to start building for the long term, are they going to want to give him that type of big money? And they, they were right to trade for him uh, when they did. It's proven uh, it was the correct move to take him back in the Stafford trade. But when you look at all, all things considered, Dave, there's a lot of questions on how they're going to be able to keep fortifying that roster moving forward. And then you have the Bears. The Bears are in a similar place to the Packers. They have a lot of capital. They just drafted a lot of young players. They have to see if they're going to be able to take advantage of that. Darnell Wright looks fine, but they could have had C.J. Stroud. They had the first overall pick, and they chose not to use it. They chose to they chose to move back in the draft, and they chose to stockpile. And you know what? There's merit to that. They got a couple young defensive tackles. They got a young cornerback. Um, all in that uh, end of second, early third round range. They have some young pieces that are good, but now you have to try and figure out how all that's going to come together. And I don't trust Eberflus as a head coach. So I don't love the position that the bears are in because of where they're at a quarterback and because of where they're at with their head coach. Like, I think there's better spots, but they're also not, they also could just figure it out and be really good next year. Like, that's the thing. Then the Vikings are in a similar spot. There's too many questions. 
there's just too many questions to be able to have a firm grasp on any of these teams. I think the one you can feel the most confident about is the Lions because of how they built their team. But then once you start getting like depth questions, I think that's where you're gonna you're gonna have to um, really have uh, some complicated answers. And to me, that that's kind of where things stand. Like I I don't think the Vikings are like that like so far off where they're not going to win a division title for three years. I think they could win the division next year and play really, really good football, but they could also win seven games again. Like we just don't know. We just don't know. And to me, that's that like there's when you talk about the unknown, there's a fear element, Dave. And I think people are just scared because they don't want to move on from Kirk Cousins because he provides this level of stability at the position that the Vikings just haven't had in years. And having to change that position, it can be scary. And I think because of all those questions, there really just isn't a good answer. And anybody who talks with any form of confidence, I think is trying to sell you uh, Lakeshore property in Arizona to steal a line from the great George Strait, it's we just don't know. And I, 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 I think that's, that's kind of the, the big thing here. Well, we I just want, don't know. I want more young top quality, young talent mm-hmm. that we can say that we're keeping up with the Joneses and that we have, we're the optimism for the future is there. Now, I think with all the right moves, we can get there. Um, first off, number one, select that rookie quarterback, the next franchise quarterback of the team, because Kirk Cousins isn't it. He's been in the league 12 seasons, and C.J. Stroud, a rookie, and Jordan Love, a first-year player, both have as many playoff wins as he does. Move on from Kirk Cousins. Simple, easy. Drafting other players that will make an impact, right? And so you're looking at hopefully impact positions that are needed, mainly on defense. Most of the holes seem to be on defense. Now, we could use a third wide receiver if you don't believe Powell is the guy or whomever then that's possible, too. We could use a left guard and a center if they don't bring back um, Dalton at left guard. All those are fine. But if you can make impacts, get another good corner, some young stud, right? If you can get, I think our safeties are fine, another a middle linebacker, inside linebacker, right? Because how long are we going to go with Hicks? Hicks was great this year. I don't deny that one little bit, but he's getting older, and you know that doesn't last. But if you have young guys that are stepping up and being stars, then you're not paying those guys a whole terrible amount of money because they're on rookie contracts. Then you can afford to pay the best wide receiver who has the most EPA for a wide receiver of anybody in the league, right, or close to it, next to Tyreek Hill. You can pay him. You could give Darius all the contract he wants, 
right, or deserves as a premier left tackle in the league, all that stuff can happen when you have that rookie QB. And if he's the franchise guy, it gives us all hope. What what absolutely irritates Vikings fans nowadays, at least in my opinion, the fan base seems split. There are the Kirk lovers that want Kirk, resign Kirk. Hey, even float up the resign Kirk and then, you know, draft a first rounder and let him sit two years behind Kirk deal like the Packers did. That works. Like Kirk would ever agree to that, but no. Um, and they want to go that way. And then there's the other half that's, and we've seen that before. We've seen it for six years. Our own eyeballs. And we've seen all the excuses. Well, if he only had a better team, if the defense was better, well, he had a number one defense when he came here. You know, only if, and he had two great wide receivers, only if the off- offensive line, well, the offensive line got better. Only if. I'm tired of that, right? And people are, it's stale. And you're going to get half the fans that if they bring back Kirk Cousins, they're going to go, nah. I'm done with this. This is BS, right? If you get that rookie quarterback, everybody's going to be excited. Everybody's going to want to see this kid play. And they know he's a rookie. He's He can make mistakes. Most do. But they're still going to be excited. They're going to buy jerseys. They're going to do everything that. Um. So... That's why I think they should go. Then they save money and then start filling those holes that we need. Rather than just throwing a cheap patch on top, they can put somebody quality, a quality free agent instead of a bargain bin free agent to stick in there. And then we have built up and then you work on, you know, draft as well, building depth, developing people, and you've got it. Now, Proto... I don't know if you think I'm smoking anything. It's just the way I feel. Um, I don't know. I think people are tired of the frustration of Kirk Cousins. I think the team needs to move on. There's, I don't see any advantage of re-signing him whatsoever. Now, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. It's... (sighs) I, I, we're tired. We want to move on. And I think if we move on, we are now keeping up with the Joneses, right? We're keeping up with the rest of the young Packers, the young Bears who are playing better. Now, Bears have their own, each team has their own issues. The, the groomed Detroit Lions who are sitting there and, you know, they got a coach trying to make them the best person they could be when it comes to playing, and it's working. So, it's if you move on and get to that point, I think we're competitive. If we stick with the same old, same old, yeah, we can win some games. But are we competing for a Super Bowl? Tell me what in that, if we, in that, stick with the same old, same old. What in that makes you believe we're an instant Super Bowl competitor? We haven't scored a ton of points. 
We haven't blown out anybody in years. That's all stuff that needs to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. That's why when you say, well, we're relatively close and we're relatively, yeah, you could say yes, but they've got to make the correct moves and get lucky in it. Draft is a crapshoot. Even for the best GMs, the draft is a crapshoot. But let them yeah. let them do it, and hey, maybe the Vikings will finally get lucky, especially if Detroit wins the Super Bowl this year. Oh, my God. I'll go nuts if that happens. Anyways, I'll shut up. All right. I think to kind of kind of talk about what you're saying, I, I, th- I find it difficult to look at a situation where it makes sense to bring back Kirk Cousins. I do. Um, I think bringing him back makes sense financially. It makes sense for some stability. But how does it make sense for growth and development? How does it make sense for the future of this franchise? I, I genuinely don't have a good answer for that. I think that they've been trying to find a guy to groom behind cousins for a couple of years now. And I think that's their preferred route. If they take Jaden Daniels, Drake may Caleb Williams, they take one of those guys, they move up to go get him. I don't think you have to have cousins on the roster. And by that point, we're going to know if he's on the roster or not. Um, March 13th, unless they extend the, they can't, decision date. they can't, they can't extend it because that's the official beginning of the new league year. They did with they, Dalvin Cook last they, year. They could because it was in February. You can't extend it past the new league year because the contract officially expires at that point. Like You can void it at any date before then, but you can't push it past that date. So if the Vikings don't have a contract agreed and signed by that 3 p.m. Central time on March 13th, 20.25 uh, million in dead cap hits, and there's nothing they can do about it. So that kind of stinks, but it also helps because then, Hey, you know, that you know what you're facing, you know what you're dealing with. And by knowing those things, you can move forward. And I think that would be an objectively good thing for the draft. It also could mean like the Vikings could come out of the next couple of weeks and have a trade already done with one of the commanders or Patriots for second or third. If the Vikings really believe in all three of those top quarterbacks, Trading for three is not a bad proposition because you're guaranteed to have access to one. You might have access to two and you, you'd be able to pick instead of just taking what's left. And I think if you're going to make a pre a pre draft trade, that's going to be the one you'll make because it will give you the opportunity to have an, at least access to one of those guys. Um, I, it's, it's, I just struggle to see why, bringing Kirk back would be a good thing for the future of the franchise. Not a one year. It's we're not talking about one year anymore. We're talking about multiple years and I, I need more. I I need more than the baseline that Kirk gives you. And to me, that's going to be the defining element of this whole conversation. How are you going to adjust? How are you going to, figure things out with this team, with this quarterback situation. And 
getting a guy in the draft, I think it needs to be the ultimate focus. Now, if they choose not to, and they choose to bring back Kirk Cousins on a multiple year deal, let's travel down that rabbit hole before we wrap up. I think you could just spend those first two picks bolstering the defensive line, get an edge rusher at 11, get Tavondre Sweat or his teammate Byron Murphy, the second at 42. And then all of a sudden you beefed up that front significantly. And now you have a, a weakness that is becoming closer to a strength. But what the Vikings will prioritize in the draft is going to be massively impacted by one, how they grade this class, which we're not going to know. And two, how they, um, how they address things in free agency. Um, question from Brian is the fifth year option important for a quarterback. Yeah, but it, I don't think it's so significantly important in comparison to how it was the last few years. Um, Chris, the Trey Lance thing needs to go. I, I, I just don't think that it's just plausible to trust your whole franchise on a prove it year with Trey Lance, considering you haven't seen anything. If and it you, sucks. If you draft a QB. If you, you draft trade, a QB, why, if you, why, you if, if you draft a QB, why are you trading for Trey Lance? That doesn't make any sense. Because if you have two, you have none. Yeah. If you have two, you have none. Absolutely. Um, but, if you're going to make Lance your guy, they should have already done it. They obviously didn't. So it's to me that that conversation is gone. You can't, you can't realistically have that. Um, uh, Davey, what do you mean if Quasi drafts on the cheap? I, I, I'm not quite understanding what you're saying there because I think, I think there's more there. So it, if you could share, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, quarterback is priority. And I think, now that you have JJ McCarthy in this class, you have four or five guys that I think could potentially be starting quarterbacks in the national football league for a long time. I don't include Bo Nix in there. You've got may Williams, Daniels, Penix and McCarthy. Bo Nix. I see as a potential backup. That's it. I don't see him being a capable player. I don't see him being really anything more than that backup, but that's just, that's just my view of Bonix. Um, I just, I don't like, him. we're going to have a lot more conversations and Dave, we're going to have a lot more skull searches too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to really start diving into this class and we're going to start diving into senior bowl players because yes. the senior bowl is coming up in two. I'll be traveling in two weeks uh, for the senior bowl. So there will not be a live show on that Monday, but we will have something for you to watch that Monday to be determined if we have something Wednesday night. I cannot guarantee that, but I will try. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. was just announced after the conclusion of the Bill Steelers game to be attending the Senior Bowl. And I'm very excited to see him live. I think that's going to be a really important step for him. I think it's going to be really important to see him compared to all these other quarterbacks. I think it's going to be important to see for him to show that he can do things with accuracy and he can have a uh, competent base consistently something he just wasn't able to show last couple years he played off base off platform a lot and i don't mean off platform like running around and making a throw i mean off platform like his he was not utilizing his feet to help him and i think that's going to be really important to see how he ends up progressing how he ends up showing that and i'm really excited to kind of see how all that manifests 
Um, in the meantime, we're going to have a lot of conversations about these guys. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to finish off with this. If you have not checked it out in, on vikingswire.usatoday.com, I highly recommend you do. Our second mock draft roundup is up. And we had a, uh, three players taken more than twice. Laiatu Latu, the edge rusher, was taken five times out of 23 mock drafts. Michael Penix Jr. was taken four. And Jaden Daniels was taken four. So it, it feels like we're seeing some consistency. Edge rusher or quarterback. But we also had uh, some cornerbacks uh, sprinkled in. Iowa's Cooper DeGene was taken twice. And Alabama's Kool-Aid McKinstry was taken once. This is going to be fun to watch throughout the course of the year. In January, it doesn't mean anything. But it does mean something later on. And that's going to be how what you're going to want to watch. Okay, You're going to want to watch how things manifest throughout the course of the next few months. And that's going to be really interesting because it's going to, you're going to be able to see growth. You're going to be able to see progression and it's going to make things more interesting as far as that actual drafting. Cause like, Oh, I remember people were being, were mocking him to the Vikings back in January and now he's still being mocked there or he's not even a first rounder anymore. And he's not, even, he's not being mocked to the Vikings. Um, Jamie, that's kind of the position of this show. We want to see the Vikings, uh, not win a Super Bowl before we die. Draft the quarterback of the future before we die. Um, we want them to win a Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's our show. Um, a lot of good conversation, a lot of good discussion, but not a lot of closure. And I think that's where a lot of these discussions are going to come from over the next few months because we don't have all the answers. It's about exploring possibilities and exploring ideas. And I think we did a really good job of that of here today. Don't forget. Episodes of Skull Search will be coming constantly. We're going to try and do Tuesdays and Thursdays. We don't have any specific times, so you'll want to like, subscribe, ring the bell. And by ringing the bell, you're going to know when we go live. Dave does a good job of setting those shows up a couple hours ahead of time, and you will get the notification that we're going live in X amount of time, so you can check it out live. Or if you're at work and you can't make it, that's okay. Check it out when you have the time, because these are going to be relatively evergreen, because we're having conversations about NFL draft prospects. And don't forget, also subscribe on the podcast side of things where we're also going to have uh, Justin's stuff. We're going to have uh, stuff from Dave where he talks with uh, people scolding with friends. We're going to have um, potential interviews from me. I'm going to see if I can score some interviews and we'll throw them up just on the podcast feed. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff. And don't forget, two old bloggers through the Super Bowl is on Saturdays, will be on Sundays from there on out until the beginning of the next season. You won't want to miss any of it. And we thank you very much for joining us live, or if you're listening later, we appreciate you just the same. I'm Tyler. He's Dave. We'll see you down the line. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community. And we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! Over 25 years ago, on September 29, 1998, we watched a brainy girl with curly hair drop everything to follow a guy she only kind of knew all the way to college. 
and so began Felicity. My name is Juliette Littman, and I'm a Felicity superfan. Join me, Amanda Foreman, who you may know better as Megan, the roommate, and Greg Grunberg, who you may also know as Sean Blunberg, as the three of us revisit our favorite moments from the show and talk to the people who help shape it. Listen to Dear Felicity, presented by Walmart on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray strandum wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.